talk about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. It's the My Favourite Film Podcast. I'm Gav Smith, and this is our Christmas special, our Christmas episode, just the week before Christmas. It's going to be great. Um, it shouldn't have been a Christmas special, but it just so happens that the guests I've got on happen to pick a Christmas film, and it fit perfectly into my schedule. So there you go. And my guest tonight is Louis Green. Hello, Louis. How's things going? Uh, where you are? I don't know where you are. Where are you? Uh, I'm in uh, sunny Suffolk. Oh, lovely, sunny stuff. Yeah, yeah, just out of the east of the country. It's nice. Um, I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. It's just, you know, getting by, doing things that need to be done this time of year, just before Christmas, buying kids' presents, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Something <laughs> <laughs> gets expensive good. this time of year, doesn't it? Very, very expensive, yeah. Yeah, and your kids are younger than mine, so it's probably... <laughs> <laughs> not expensive for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. The little one, but the the, the six year old's now starting to figure out what what expensive <laughs> presents are. So, yeah, yes, I can imagine. I can remember actually when mine were that age. All the all the kids' TV just seem to have the right adverts at the right time, don't they? Oh yeah, funny that, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, what Pe- Peppa Pig needs a tablet in the middle of it. Wonderful. Yeah, of course she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, tonight's film, as I said, is a, a well, it it is a Christmas film. It has to be said, it's a Christmas film. I mean, it's kind of in the the, the theme tune that is sung in it. Christmas is all around. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us what the film is, and give us a, a plot synopsis, maybe, if that's possible? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Louis Green. I'm a comedian. Uh, been on the circuit now for about six years. Uh, really loving it. It's great fun. Uh, the film I've selected is Love Actually. What it just I just one of them films that I can't get enough of. And basically, if you haven't seen it, Love Actually follows nine couples, and it is nine, not eight, because they always forget about the children who uh, become oh, boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend, isn't it? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and it just follows their their love story through Christmas, um, and it sort of explores love from different angles, which I think is great. That, yeah, that's that's pretty much. It. I forgot about the children falling in love as well, and end up with nine couples. Because yeah. I know my notes here, I've put eight couples, but yeah, there, there are more. I mean, I was this... never not going to pick you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> can't get away with anything, can I? Not tonight. <laughs> I'm sure you'll pick me up on loads of things because, um, yeah, I for for the benefit of the listeners at home, we were going to do this recording about two weeks ago, was it? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. But you got stuck in a car park of the broken down car. So I'd watched the film before that, which was probably about three weeks ago. So it's been a while now since I've watched it. Yeah. Was I it your first watch? Oh, no. No, no. no. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> no. uh, sometimes I wish it had been my first watch because I must admit I'm not as struck on it as you are, but I'm sure you can sell it to me. Um, yeah, fair. 
I, I mean, it's one of those films that's on all sorts of Christmas lists. I did a Christmas special last year where I did uh, list episodes, and certainly it appeared on both of mine and my guest on the show at that point, Gary Coleman's lists of top Christmas films. So it's there in our top films. So it's always been around. Um, when did you first see this? I actually, so I didn't see it with the year it came out. It, it was a few years later that I saw it because I sat, um, it was probably about 2006, 2007. Yeah. Because when it first came out, I was, hang on, this is going to be depressing when I work this out. <laughs> I, I think I was 16 when it first came out and wow. rom, rom-coms were not the top of my list of films to watch. No, no, I can't imagine they were. <laughs> nah. And then my old dear turned around to me and she was like, let's, let's sit in and watch a, uh, a Christmas film, and this is what she stuck on, and I just fell in love with it instantly. Well, so it was, it was absolute instant first love. Was it? You just thought this is this is the film for me. I love this one. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Like I don't know what it was, but it, there's just this. I suppose it's the fact that if this film wasn't around, like based at Christmas time, I wonder if it would have the magic that it has got. But it just feels magical that the the film. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, the, the, I think the Christmas bit of it, obviously, is the bit that does make it more magical. I'm trying to think when it was, it was 2003 it came out, wasn't it? So, Yeah, it was, yeah. I'm trying to do the maths as how old I was at that point. I wasn't 16. I was in <laughs> by that point. So <laughs> I think I did see it at the cinema, probably with my girlfriend at the time, and that's so a very different way of seeing it the first time. Have you seen it on the big screen, or was it just... just so now I've got... I've got big feelings about this. So okay. there's for me, there's films that you see in the cinema. Yeah. And then there's films that you're just cozy at home watching. And this is definitely a cozy at home film. Is it always like, cozy at home, is it? Yeah, hundred percent. So like I, I don't the, I'm so embarrassed about this, but I probably watch this film five <laughs> or six times a year. Like <laughs> it, it's just if I've had a rubbish day, I just go home and put it on, whether it's Christmas or or whatever, because there's so many little bits in it that just make you laugh and Yeah. Yeah, and so for me, it's just not a big screen film. It's, it's it reminds me of just like warm, like safe space to watch and feel a bit better. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. There are some films that are better watched on the small screen and better watched at home with your family or friends or whatever else. So yeah, yeah, I can get that. That that makes sense to me. So you said it was an immediate love. It you were. It was what was it? Your mum was it that said let's watch this? Was it? Yeah, yeah. So my mum, my mum's always been into rom coms, and she was just like, "Let's watch." She was just like, "Let's just watch this," and I was like, "Oh, brilliant!" And I reckon about fifteen minutes in, I was just glued to the TV. And my mum was like, "Are you enjoying this?" I was like, "It's it's all right." You know what I mean? It's not what I'd have picked. And then by the end, I was just like, "That was so good." <laughs> It's great. I must admit, it's quite an odd an odd choice for favorite movie for a sixteen year old boy. It has to be said, but. Hey, each to their own. <laughs> I, whenever I tell my friends that I'm like, so I am a proper sucker for a rom com as well. Yeah. So like, much. yeah. So like, whenever I sit and watch a rom com, and we always laugh and joke with my mates and that because they're like, if you look at you, you're going to be an action film. You know, maybe a safe <laughs> a bit of gangster film chucked in. But actually, no, I'd much rather sit down and watch Love Actually. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit when you popped up on the screen there for the video time because for the people at home again we've never met each other this is the first time we're meeting really um, see on the screen for the first time I thought really Love Actually is your favourite film I would never <laughs> put that as being a Love Actually fan but uh, uh, yeah Van Damme or something like that <laughs> yeah. I mean you um, you messaged me during the week to say look I'm watching it now your picture of your television to show me you're watching it it's like <laughs> 
uh, it obviously is a film that you do love a lot. So Richard Curtis, obviously, is the man behind this. Um, yeah. At this point, he'd, he'd written more than he'd directed. This was one of the first films he'd directed, I guess. Um, I think it is his first director credit. Had, had you, were you aware of Richard Curtis's work before this, or was this like your first introduction to Richard Curtis? Nah, so I think, did Not on Hill come before this, I think, did it? Uh, yes, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four Weddings so was before this, Not on Hill was before yeah. this. Yeah, so. so I'd watch Not on Hill and I'd watch Four Weddings. So I knew I knew loosely of him. Not, I wouldn't say that I was like a, I was really aware of him because I, I was 16 years old, mate. I didn't look into yeah. directors it, you know. <laughs> The only thing I would want to watch, I want to know if Jennifer Aniston was on or at sixteen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, once, uh, once I have found out who he was, though, I have now watched a fair amount of his stuff because the one thing I will say is he knows his way around British comedy. Yes, because if I remember rightly, he'd done the Bean movie as well, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah Bean, yeah, Rowan Atkins, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. He definitely knows his way around a British comedy. So he, I've become quite a big fan of him since watching Love Actually, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I kind of, after watching it, I was like, I need to find out who this geezer was because this film's great. And actually, if you look at his British rom-coms that he's done, yeah, you almost definitely know that he done all of them. There's a very specific style to his films. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's probably the biggest name in, in British comedy writing slash directing. Yeah. He's done so many, so many films. And the fact that his films can get uh, the type of cast that scares me. And if you look at the cast list for this film, it's it's immense. Do you know what, right? I sat down a couple of days ago and was watching it just for, I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll give it another watch. It was just an excuse. <laughs> my part, I took, my partner said to me, like, why are you watching it? And I was like, oh, you know, I've got this podcast coming up. And she was like, you know it off by heart. Why are you watching it again? Um, and actually, when you go through that, the amount of Oscar winners in that is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got Hugh Grant, um, Colin Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, yeah. um, Ron Atkins obviously is there, um, Bill Nye, who I don't think he's won an Oscar, but he's, you know, yeah, Emma Thompson. Uh, who else is in it? God. Billy Bob Thornton's won an Oscar. Oh, yeah, Kira Knightley. Andrew yeah. Link, who I know hasn't won an Oscar, but he's massive after Walking Dead and things like that. So, you know, there's definitely. big, so he's big definitely teams in it. Scary cast, mate. Uh, Martin Freeman is in it as well. The cast is insane, right? Are you that, and the sheer fact that the director can attract that level of cast as well is yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's also there's, there's people in there that you you probably don't know as massive stars, but you'd have seen them on television and gone, oh yeah, that's such and such, or that's such and such, or whatever. So as well as the big names he's got, he's also got, I suppose, the cream of the British television crop of actors, yeah. the ones that were just up and coming within British TV and whatever else and have appeared in all sorts just of stuff. Like standard, uh, like um, stand-up comedians as well. Marcus Brigstock plays the radio presenter. Julia yeah, Simpson is the um, is the, de- the wedding DJ. Yeah. Uh, Julia Davis, she's one that um, the caterer for the wedding is and like, even even away from actors as well. Ant and Deck raise their heads, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just, just, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. incredible. It's got. I mean, it's 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 a who's who of, of British actors, comedians, whatever else. It's got everyone in there. Why do you think Curtis can get this type of actor to come and just do his films? What what is the attraction of this type of film? That type of actor. 
I think it's a popularity thing. Like you watch that. I'll tell you who we didn't mention, which is really bad of us. But I don't know if he deserves a mention after his affair. And Alan Rickman was in it as well. So, oh, like, of course, Alan Rickman's in it as well. Yeah, Gosh, huge right. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, what I love about Curtis's work is you've got that everyday feel. Like you watch it, and when you watch each character, you think, "Oh, I know yeah. someone like that." Yeah, and I think that's probably half the attraction to the actors. I think it's very little acting that goes into it. Yeah, that yeah. It, it almost maybe feels like they're playing their everyday life. Yeah, so they're just they're just being themselves, and they're not really acting. They're just going on and seeing the lines. Yeah, that's that's. I, I wonder if that's part of the appeal. And obviously, you must have a fat budget because that'll be the other part of the appeal. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's got to be some sort of budget behind, doesn't it, to get that type of actor to come in, even for bit yeah. parts. That you've got. To, I mean, Billy Bob Thornton must have got a a fair paycheck from this. Would have thought just because he's Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, yeah, and it was at the point he was at the highest of his career as well. Yeah. Like 2003, it was massive yeah, yeah. then. So it was. It was interesting. And I, but I do, I do think it there very much does fall round to that. It's that everyday feel, yeah. and I think that's what makes the film so great as well. Like you feel like you're watching somebody else's life. Yes, yeah. Or in this case, yeah. lots of people's lives. Yeah, definitely. As you said there's 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 nine stories, not eight. Do you have a favourite of the eight stories? Is the oh, sorry nine stories? You kind of keep saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I do, and it's it's Colin Firth's right, uh, when okay. he falls in love with the Portuguese lady. Um, yeah. and actually me and my partner we always talk about this quite a lot because it's that whole falling in love when they can't speak each other's language yeah so yeah. It, it sort of like it, it gives that message that love goes beyond verbal communication yeah yeah uh, um, and it, and there's some fantastic writing in that story as well like when when Colin Firth's pages go into the water and she jumps in and he jumps in and then they're drying at the end and they're like saying the same things loosely, um, but they don't know each other's saying the same thing. Which, and I just think it's just it's just a lovely story. And I think like, what a way to fall in love. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's that's one because that's it. Feels like that one's not the major story. And, and there's a lot yeah. of the stories that they feel like the kind of their sideline stories that are kind of been shoehorned in almost. Yeah, um, and they, they all intertwine, which is nice as well. I think it also the fact that it's probably the, the the fact that he gets shit on quite early on in the film as mm-hmm. well, because obviously mm-hmm. his partner's having an affair with his brother. Yeah, like you, you kind of immediately feel sorry for him, so that sort of adds to that story even more later on down the line. Yeah, yeah, he, but he's got that type of um, I don't know what it is about his character in this that he does feel like, as you said, the everyman. Um, yeah, he, he feels like someone who's just having a bit of a rough time and just needs to get out and do it, and which is exactly what he does. He ends up going abroad and, and trying to write his book. Yeah, it's, it is a good story that one. I'll, I quite like that one. So, have you got a, a kind of a second favorite, or do you think there's one that shines above them all that kind of gets most of the airtime? That's kind of maybe shouldn't get as much airtime as it does. I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I think I think all the stories. I, I like all the stories. Um, yeah. I think for me, the fact that they centered the one around the Prime Minister, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, that that sort of, because of who he is, again, it's just clever writing. Because of who he is, that feels the main story. But actually, yes. when you when you look at it, he probably gets less airtime than anyone else in the film. Possibly, yeah. 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 So. I mean, he gets the job of doing the, the intro lines at the start. It's his voice over the, the, the voiceover at the very start, which I yeah, guess is what makes it feel like it's his story. 
because yeah. he does that. And, bit and, and you've got to justify his fee because I imagine he was probably oh, yeah. the highest paid on there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he'd been in what two, three of the Curtis films at that point, so he was kind of he was expected almost to be in it. I think more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Of, with a Richard Curtis film, you expect to see Hugh Grant. I, I do think like sort of those Richard Curtis films really. I don't know if they hindered um, Hugh Grant's career a little bit because. I found from then on, in every film he did, he played the same character. So even when he was in Mickey Blue Eyes, he was he was Hugh Grant. Yeah. You know, Jones's Diary, he was Hugh Grant. It, yeah. It's only recently that we've seen him play someone different. So like when we saw the Gentleman, um, is it Guy Ritchie's yes. film, recently, yeah. he plays such a different character that none yes. of us have seen. Yeah. Um, and there was a TV show that he'd done recently where he played a murderer as well. Uh, spoiler yes. alert, because you don't know he's a murderer at the beginning. <laughs> um, again, <laughs> you see what TV shows you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, it's a different Hugh Grant. It's a Hugh Grant that we never knew. So I do wonder if he got stereotyped off the back of them a little bit. I think he definitely did. I mean, certainly if you look at his early career, pretty much every film he did, as you say, he's playing that same bumbling kind of English guy who just doesn't seem to know what he's doing at all. Um, yeah. And he is. He's the comedic folly for lots and lots of different things that go on. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, fair play to him. He's made under fifty million off it, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's not doing bad playing that same character. <laughs> yeah, no, you can cope with that, can't you? Yeah, but it's nice to see him stretch and, and do something different now because he is now stretching out and doing different things, and it, it's quite nice to see him do something different, I suppose, with his career and and show us the different side of his acting as well as being a bumbling Englishman, which he does so yeah. well. Yeah. Because it does, uh, like, there was a really awkward interview that my partner showed me the other day where um, <laughs> where he was asking about, uh, he was being asked about the Oscar for Glass Onion. Yes. Uh, and there, there was almost like a sense of bitterness there. So I, I do wonder if he'd, have see, if he'd have started showing his range sort of earlier on, would we have seen him as an Oscar winner? Because he's never won one, believe it or not. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it, that he's never won one? But yeah. I guess it is. It's that thing of his his range. I guess at the start of his career seemed very very limited. It still could be there. I mean, if you look at him in a, even even look at him in Paddington Two, which you know you know it's another British comedy, but he plays a very different character in that. Yeah, definitely, and it is nice to see. Hopefully, you never know. He might do really well for himself as an actor. He's a very he's he's promising upcoming actor. I think is Hugh Grant. We'll see something more of him in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Looking at the the other stories then, so we've got Hugh Grant's story, which is obviously classed as being this main story. Your favourite then is Colin Firth's. What yeah. about the others? How do you rank the, the other sort of what, seven stories, I guess, in there? So Martin Freeman's story is just, <laughs> it's just, it's incredible. <laughs> like, I can't ever be in that situation like imagine being in that situation to meet somebody in that way yeah like from, from that moment forward yeah from behind yeah <laughs> from that moment on nothing's awkward no like, do you know what I mean? it. no so no. so what a fantastic relationship to move forward in mm. uh, so mark freeman's i do enjoy um i love so my favorite character in the film and i'm sure this is a question later on and i apologize yeah, i'll skip ahead um Chris Marshall uh, plays Colin, and I love the way that he just disappears to America. And I think going back to that, we all know somebody is. I've got a very good friend, and I'm going to tell it. I'm going to name him on the podcast because I've already told him I'm going to name him. Um, <laughs> but his enough. name's Jake Steers, and he reminds me so much of Chris Marshall in the fact that he goes off to the states and he does his comedy in the states, 
And it's yeah. just the way like he rang me up one day and he was just like, I'm going to the States. I'm going <laughs> to start an American woman. And I was like, oh, this is just becoming too real now. Um, so, but I'll go into Chris a more with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I think um, then you've got Liam Neeson's obviously heartbreak story at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and again, this is another bit down to the really clever writing of um, yeah. of Richard Kurtz is the whole fact that he goes right at the beginning in the, at the funeral. He says, um, "My my wife said that I can go date Claudia Schiffer now." And then at the end of the film, he meets <laughs> Claudia Schiffer, and I just think, <laughs> what a beautiful way to tie up the story. Yeah. Actually, I forgot Claudia Schiffer's in this as well. It's another big name, isn't it, that, that appears yeah. in the film? <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> like just incredible. Off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then they, they, even like the other relationships as well, Bill Nye, his relationship doesn't explore yeah. love from a no. from a uh, relationship as, or a, a sexual angle. It's more the love that he has for another friend and he decides yeah. that he wants to spend that Christmas with him because yeah. he suddenly realises that he loves his mate. Yeah, and, yeah. Just yeah. a sucker for it, mate. That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> so for love, for the magic of Christmas and that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's really easy. Best way is via the email. It's myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Or you find us on X, which used to be Twitter, of course, at myfavoritefilm. On Instagram, it's at myfavoritefilmpodcast. That's also the same on threads. On Facebook, just search up My Favourite Film and then... If you can't remember any of that stuff, the best way is to go to www.myfavoritefilm.com. There you go. This episode and all of our episodes recently have been using Zencaster. We are proudly sponsored and using them. Okay, It's a really super easy way to record your podcast. You just log into a browser, start it off, high quality video and audio are recorded in up to 4K video, which is amazing. It does all of the recording for you offline and then uploads it, so even if the internet connection goes down a little bit it'll load it up and if you're worried about doing your podcasting and you think all those ums and ahs are going to be a problem i um and are all the time but luckily zencaster's wonderful background recording stuff will get rid of all the ums and ahs for you they are an all-in-one platform they will do all of the hosting the creating the producing and the publishing to all the different podcast providers if you want to get onto zencaster if you go to zencaster.com slash pricing and then you use the code MFF, which is my special code, and that get you 30% off your first month at Zencaster. That's, by the way, Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. There's no E in Zencaster. There you go. Also, our theme tune was written by the Craig Will Collaboration. Their new album, Long Way Home, is available to buy, stream, download, whatever you like, wherever you like. That was a long ad break. Uh, Louis, is there anything you want to sell at this point? <laughs> Just myself to go go and see me on all the social medias. Louis Green Comedy. Brilliant. There you go. So just search up Louis Green Comedy and that's where you'll find him. Right, let's get back to this film then. And now we know all about how to get in touch with us all. Let's look at the actual film in a little bit more detail. So I think you've just said about your favourite character. Yep. And you kind of said and said why, because it's like your mate. So go on, give give us the story of why. Colin is your favourite character in this. I just, the, the, a couple of things. Chris Marshall is probably one of the best comedy actors we've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I'd agree. He's so, so, so underrated. Like, with, with when he was Nick in my family, like, when yeah. he left that, the, 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 in my opinion, the show fell apart. Yeah. I would, I would agree. Yeah. 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 So, 
to see him in a film was just incredible. And it was just the clumsiness of him as well. Like when he's at the caterer and um, when he's at the wedding and he's a waiter and he starts talking to the caterer without realising he's a caterer, just starts yeah. like sticking his foot in it constantly. You've just got to love him for it. Um, yeah. And then one, yeah. And it's just like the fact that he thinks that if he goes to Wisconsin in America, he's going to become this sex god. Mm. And his mates like, don't be stupid. But when he goes, he becomes a sex god. And it's yeah. just, just it's just that I'm the dog happy go lucky living the dream story do you know what I mean yeah. he's this, incredible in it yeah so he's definitely your favourite character yeah he is 100% would you put him as your favourite actor or best performance within the film as well or is there another no. performance that outshines him no there isn't uh, no I wouldn't um, I just didn't, I just enjoy what he does right okay. we mentioned him earlier actually um, Andrew Lincoln yes yeah, for me, best performance in the film. Like, it, it's another one of them that tugs at your heartstrings. You're kind of like, oh, he's fell in love with his mate's partner. He yeah. can't do anything about it. And actually, he's pretty. What he does is pretty upstanding, really. Yeah, doesn't try and break him up or anything. No, no. And I think every scene you watch him in, you almost feel his pain with him. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was a relevant irrelevantly unknown actor at this point. So he hadn't done Walking Dead at this point. No, no, it was before Walking Dead, definitely, yeah. He was, yeah, he was fairly unknown. And you just, I just think his acting was a cut above everyone else's in the film, apart from maybe Emma Thompson. But his performance as a whole was amazing. Yeah. He does have something yeah. about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's got these, there's a presence about him. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, Walking Dead's been massively successful for him, but he's not been in anything else coming out of Walking Dead. It's not like we've nah, seen them the all over the place. They're doing the film coming out of it, aren't they? Off the bat. Yeah. Um, but other than that, but I, I, I don't even want to think what he's what he made out of Walking Dead because yeah. <laughs> that was just that it just became something special, Walking Dead, didn't it? And Absolutely, the fact yeah. that I mean, I I have watched them all, but I did lose a bit of interest when he came <laughs> out of it. Yeah, I was pretty much the same. Once once he left, it became a very different show, and it was like I'm I'm not as interested as I was before. Yeah, and, and so because I'm a nerd as well. Pardon? I'm proper nerdy as well. So I've I've got I've read the comics, and the comics go yeah. in a different direction, and they actually and they kept the program in that direction because of how strong of a character Andrew Lincoln was in it. So yeah, yeah incredible. Yeah, but Mark Mark, it was his character in Love Actually. I just I couldn't get enough of him. Just thought yeah. he was brilliant. Yeah. It is very, it is a really really good in there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of de- deviate from my normal questions because there's so many such a cast in this, and normally I talk about well, like your favorite character, your favorite performance, and then off on all different things. But because there's such a massive sort of cast in this, and so many stories going on, if you took those two out, which is basically you now two of the stories, Colin's story of going off, and then Mark's story about his unquieted love for his uh, mate's girlfriend. Is there a sort of a, a second best character that comes in there that's not in one of those two stories and another performance that's maybe different in there as well? Probably Bill Nighy, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just from from the very from the very beginning, because I think is he the first person you see? He is because it goes he from the, the the airport scenes where everyone's hugging straight yeah. into the recording studio, and I must admit. That scene in the recording studio makes me laugh every single time. It's the fact that you just cannot get the change in words from love is all around to Christmas is all around. It's just so funny. So well observed. I think every line that he he has in that film 
it, it is almost like a belly laugh. Like yeah. it was just he, and he plays the character, the, the the washed out rocker, so well. <laughs> he does. Um, actually, talking of Bill Nye, Richard Curtis, I believe he was the boat that rocked as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, Bill Nye and that they're, they're almost like the same character. They could literally jump oh, yeah. from film to film. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do. Yeah, it's just every um, every line. There's oh, this isn't my favourite line because I know that's a question later on. So I'll leave that one there. But there's Go a on. line he goes through. They're, they're like um, so something about the best person he's ever slept with, and he goes Britney Spears. And the radio DJ starts going, no, anyway, anyway, he goes, no, nah, not really. She was rubbish. And I just, it really makes me laugh. Just every single line. Yeah, it's brilliant com- comedy timing as well, isn't it? You've got yeah. that pause before he said, no, nah, she was rubbish sort of thing. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really it's, good. It's, it, and it just like, and how, how, like, because with his story, like, it is because it is that different of a friendship rather than anything else. It's that whole yeah. um, the the way you see that build and the the realization that comes when he realizes how much he loves his manager and he wants to go and see spend Christmas with his manager instead of going to Elton John's. Yeah, um, I just I, the, the the moment that twigs. I think Bill Nye he just plays it so well. Yeah, it, because it is it's almost a twist in his character and it changes his character completely it turns him and makes him into someone that's because i guess it shows vulnerability doesn't it yeah because he's not actually that likable a character up in that point he's funny but i don't know if yeah. you'd, you'd like him but then he turns and he does become someone you might actually like and want to spend some time with yeah yeah and i think yeah. that performance there i think like the range that he shows where because he, he's the only real one that suddenly like the story really changes direction and you see a different yeah. I, I think his performance was fantastic yeah, and it is. It's a in that way. It is a very clever film because it, although it's called love, actually, it's not just about love between men and women or whatever. It, it's about all sorts of love. It's not about the, the physical yeah. side of love and having sexual relationships or whatever else. It is about just love between friends, between whatever love for your job for whatever it happens to be. Yeah, brother and sister love at once at yeah. some point, isn't it? It's like Emma Thompson is obviously related to Hugh Grant, as her yeah. brother. You, there's all forms of love in it. And so I think that's what's so amazing about the film. Yeah, it, it does. It brings it brings it all together. It's it's really clever in that way. So that's your other favourite character. Have you got a, another favourite performance? Or is that going to be Bill Nagy as well? <laughs> no, no. I think for me, oh, that's a tough... Emma Thompson, I think. Yeah. The heartbreak that she... The heartbreak that she... Uh, to be honest with you, I, I still need counselling after watching that. <laughs> that... <laughs> I'm so conflicted when it comes to Alan Rickman now because he's a hero in one of my other favourite films, which is Harry Potter. And yeah. then, but I can't forgive him for what he did for Emma in Love Actually. So yeah. it's just, yeah. it's incredible. But her, I think it just again it stands that clever writing because it shows the like that love is towards her children because yeah. she's suffered this horrible heartbreak. But she shows the strength of a mother just ploughing on because it's Christmas and she doesn't want it to affect her children. Yeah, and I, and I think that's very much an underlying sort of feeling in the film. But it doesn't necessarily get picked up with you unless you've watched it as many times as I have. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how, how many times do you think you have watched it? Gone just while we're on that oh, subject. I reckon I've got to watch it at least three times a year. Wow! Wow! At least. 
but it's, it's, it's that safe space film. I, there's not many films in this world that I can go back to and watch over and over again. Harry mm. Potter's one. I do enjoy the Harry Potter films. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. And the, the Godfathers, they're another mm. one I could go back and watch. Love Actually, obviously. But it, I reckon I could probably only name five that I would happily watch over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I can understand that. There's certain films that you do like to go back to. I mean, when I was younger, out there were films that I would always go back to and watch again and again. It's a bit different now because trying to get the kids into different things and you kind of try yeah. and watch new films or you try and introduce some stuff that you think, well, you, you should watch this. This is really good, but maybe it's not this type of stuff I would always have gone back to, but yeah, it's different. Isn't yeah, it? I, it is definitely. And at Christmas, it's my Christmas Eve film. So like Christmas Eve, All right. so, like, put Love Actually on. Yay. <laughs> I see. My Christmas Eve film was always another Alan Rickman film, which would be Die Hard. Obviously. <laughs> you know, it's the Christmas it's, film of choice. <laughs> if anyone writes to your podcast and complains that Die Hard is not a Christmas film, send him directly to my social media and I'll put him straight. Fair enough. We, we have had this conversation already. I have covered <laughs> Die Hard on, on the show and we decided it definitely is a, a Christmas film. It's, it's been, it's there. I don't, yeah, I don't care definitely. what anyone says. It's always on my list of favourite Christmas films. I think it works that way. So yeah. Alan Rickman likes his Christmas films. It's kind of more proof that it's a Christmas film because Alan Rickman's in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's, he is another one that I just think I was looking at him. He's never won an Oscar either, and I, and, and no. I sit there because I I just did a deep dive on this film because I thought I could tell you the script off by heart, but <laughs> and I knew who the director was, but I thought I'd have a little bit of a deep dive into it. And then when I started look, reading the actors that are in it that haven't won an Oscar, like Alan Rickman, yeah. it blew my mind. Yeah, oh, no, it's it's crazy the amount of brilliant actors that are in this that haven't really. They're well respected, and everyone knows who they are. But they didn't win the Academy Awards, which is bizarre. But yeah. I guess one of them things, isn't it? I was going to say favorite scene, but actually, you've you've got to have multiple favorite scenes in this because there's so many different stories. You could probably pick a favorite scene from each of the stories that take place. Yeah, definitely can. I'm yeah, going to. Go I have. I have got a top favorite scene. Go on, because you top um, top one, and then you can see maybe count down three or four yeah. extras if you can. Yeah, I can do. Yeah, no worries. Um, so Andrew Lincoln with the cue cards. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's just such. I, I believe that any film that t- turns into or any scene that turns into a gif is going to be like one of the best ever. Yeah. Um, but that that scene where he declares his love for his best mate's girlfriend. Yeah. But from a point of view, what not leave him for me? Yeah. That was a I, you need to know how I feel. Yeah, yeah, and also an explanation because she's burst in and she's sitting there with the video, and he's obviously got like he looks like a creep at that point. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> looks a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So that scene, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like that's bad, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, the the cue card scene, like when he puts the. The the CD player down, and he says, says carolers, and you just flip through. I think if you said to anybody, "What's the one scene you remember from Love Actually?" Yeah. That cue card scene would be yeah. like definitely up there. And I also I've, I've seen videos of people who have um, like proposed to their partners f- using the cue cards, and like same, yeah. You know, yeah. So I just think, yeah, for me, that's got to be the best scene of them all. Yeah, um, it's, it's very cleverly done, isn't it? That one, yeah, yeah, and it, it, it kind of like you kind of save a, you you save Mark as a character at that point from being a weirdo to just being a guy who was in love. Yeah, um, yeah, 
So, yeah, that's my favourite scene. Um, yeah. That's the scene that I'm like, oh, it's coming. Um, <laughs> I can I see mean, you know, I, sitting at the edge of the sofa going, oh, it's yeah. this bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's literally it. Um, I've, I can, I, I'll, I'll give you scenes from it, from characters that I love. Um, I love the scene with Chris Marshall where he's with the American girls and they're getting him to say items on the table. Yeah. And they go, and then they're they're like in love with it, and then they say table, and he goes table, and they go, oh, it's the same. And I just, <laughs> it just like, again, it's it's fantastic comedy writing, and it just gets yeah. you. And because like, and it, when you watch that scene again, and you look at Chris Marshall's face, the way he when they go, oh, it's the same, he suddenly like loses faith in himself a little bit. Think, oh, I've blown it now, <laughs> and then like it's straight back. It's just so good. Um, yeah. Obviously, Rowan Atkinson's scene oh. back in the um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just that it's Rowan Atkinson at his best, isn't it? Like, yeah, I wonder how much of that was was just him doing that rather than being written scripted to do it. It was just like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this really pernickety guy that's wrapping the present. I've always got this picture that Richard Curtis has turned around to Robin uh, to Rowan Atkinson and said, "Right, you're going to play this in this scene. Be Bean." <laughs> yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's that's how it feels that scene. Yeah, um, and I just yeah, so I love that scene with him. Uh, one of the scenes that it's a, it's a great scene, but it's, it's probably a little bit more sad than it is funny or anything like that. I, I can never remember the lady's name, but where she's finally got with the guy in the office, they laid that they're, they're about to sleep together, and then her brother rings. Yeah, and then and then she kind of like. Again, but the, again, that's the sister brother love, the different yeah. type of love, where yeah. you know that unconditional love, where she's happy to set her happiness aside to support her brother because she loves her brother. And I just yeah. that scene always makes me melt a little bit. Like, oh man, like you deserve to be happy. Yeah. So that's another yeah. great scene. Yeah. Um, picking some good ones think, here. You really are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could go on. I, I just <laughs> the whole thing. Another really good scene that I enjoy as well is, and it's got Junior. I mean, I've, I've gigged with Junior Simpson a couple of times, so so it just makes it even funnier for me. I think <laughs> it's when Andrew Lincoln's sitting down and they're talking about the wedding DJ, and they're like, "Is this the worst wedding DJ in the world?" And then he, he announces Puppy Love, and they went, "Yep, he's done it." That scene always makes me laugh as well. Um, yeah, and then I think I've got two more. Obviously, Go Hugh Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant just dancing around. Downing Street yeah. might be one of the funniest things that you you just want to have. Yeah, you just want it to happen to jump, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is jump. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you just you want it to happen. And I, 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 was, I think when I was watching it, it sort of Cam- it might have been Cameron or Blair. I can't remember, but I just kept getting this <laughs> image of like one of them two doing it, which would be amazing. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. So that yeah, isn't it is a. a- a bit of a, a laugh just to show someone doing it, but yeah, not. to show someone they're human. Um, yeah, sorry, imagine I should, that. that's not. <laughs> no, it's but hey, you know what? Sometimes you do think that. So, um, and again, that that scene is just somebody letting their hair down, yeah. dancing around the house, like probably everybody does. Yeah, and then it's just that bit where he sort of like turns around and his aide standing in front of him, just. <laughs> And, and, and they don't even just leave it at that. It's the bit where he goes, "Oh yeah, anyway, can you cancel that ten o'clock tomorrow morning for?" Me? <laughs> like I haven't done any of that thing that you've just seen me doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that scene. 
yeah, th- th- there's just so many. I could name yeah. so many scenes. I must admit, you, you give me all these scenes, and I'm, I said at the start there that it's not really one of my favourite films. It's not a film I put on, but I know I have seen it an awful lot of times, and I can remember all these scenes, and they do. They all make me laugh. You're picking up loads of scenes that are really, really funny, and maybe maybe I should rethink what I'm saying about it not being a, a good film or not being a film I would choose to watch because I think I probably would choose to watch if it was on. I'll watch it. It was it was on telly the other week, and that's what I thought. Well, perfect. I've got the podcast coming up. I'll just watch it because it's on. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it is one of them. I've, I, I I remember it was probably about six months ago. I thought, oh, I'm going to watch Love Actually. And I went on. I went onto Sky, and it had been taken off Sky. And I went onto Netflix, and it wasn't on Netflix. And I went onto Prime, and it wasn't on Prime. And I was sitting there, like starting to have a bit of a meltdown. And then I remember going on DVD. <laughs> it's probably on i. It's probably on iPlayer at the minute because it was on BBC when I watched it. So iPlayer probably have kept it on for a little bit. So yeah, it's probably it's free just, to watch a bit. But yeah, I just I I think you'd find it hard to find a better feel good film. Yeah. Because it has, it's got all, it's got lots of feel good points to it. All the people that are, I guess, sad at the start or whatever, everything works out for them somewhere along the line. It's a, it's a good point for tying up loose ends, isn't it? Uh, do you know what? It's exactly the point I was literally about to make. I, any writer that can tie up a story the way that that story is tied up is just incredibly skillful. Um, you see it in things like How I Met Your Mother, the TV yeah. series. It goes, you watch it all, you get really emotionally invested into all these characters, and then right yeah. on the last episode, they tie it all up into a bow. And yeah. I think that's what Love Actually is so amazing about. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. It, it, it does its manage to, to tie up everything in it and tie up all the loose ends and get, get it be spot on. Yeah. yeah, you don't finish the film going, oh, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. It's just, yeah. 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 And that, that final scene in the airport as well where – Everyone's coming back from wherever they've come, and then, you know, Hugh Grant then comes out. He, he does the opening and says, "Well, act, love actually is all around us." And I'm just like, "Oh, yeah." yeah. It just ties it back to the start, and I'm, I'm doing the, the the start. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very clever, very cleverly done. Okay, have you got a favourite line? Yes, definitely. Go on. What's your favourite line? So it's Bill Nighy. Yeah, okay, obviously. <laughs> and it, and it's the scene when he's with Ant and Dick. <laughs> and he's just he's just drawn the speech bubble on blue, <laughs> and he turns around and and they go, oh, uh, Bill, there's um there's kids watching here, and he turns around and he goes, oh yeah, sorry, kids, don't buy drugs, <laughs> become a rock star, and they'll give them to you for free, and I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, and Ant and Deck definitely channel their Biker Grove days back in their acting as well there because you just see Ant's face just drops and that is by far for me the best line in the film because yeah. it's just Bill Nighy. It's another Bill Nighy sticking his fingers up to the man. And Absolutely, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's just definitely the best line without a doubt. Yeah. It would have been good actually for just him to be given his own film and, and see a full film of him. That would have been brilliant actually. Yeah, he's always he's, he's a bit part. He's quite often a bit part, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's, I don't. I can't think of anything. He's he's been like the the main star in in from a film point of view. I'm sure he has. But yeah, he probably yeah. To, this is where I normally would go on IMDb and check, but I don't, I don't think I want to now. But, but I might do check on IMDb. <laughs> That's favourite. Is there a scene that you just you think ah oh, no that bit's coming up. Or you kind of think this yeah. bit doesn't work; it doesn't fit into the film. So the kind of opposite of all the other stuff we've just done. It doesn't not fit. In. Well, I don't. It's really hard to say because it's such an integral part of the film. Yeah, 
and I don't ever want to see it. Whenever the film's on, I go, I don't want to see this bit. But because it also it goes against everything else. So it's it's the bit where Emma Thompson's open and what she believes is going to be the necklace. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And she opens the CD, which is, again, a thoughtful gift from her husband. Yeah. That's not yeah. what she was expecting. And you watch her heartbreak. Yeah. Because she was you definitely lit- expecting something else, yeah. Yeah, and you, you you watch her heartbreak and your heart breaks with her. And that's kind of the one story that goes against everything else in the film. Yeah. Like, because everybody else is having this successful love lives and it's all going well. And then you see her heartbroken and it's just like, you didn't need to put that in there. I mean, you probably did because the, the juxtaposition made the film what it was and it gave it that emotional impact. But yeah, that's the part of the film where I go, oh, I don't need this. I don't need this level of heartbreak in my life. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely get that. It is a part of the film that you couldn't not have that part of the story in because if you miss that out, you've got to completely get rid of the whole Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson storyline completely because yeah. that's where it's all leading to. I mean, it does finish at the end. It does finish at the end where the, their love triumphs over the affair. Yes. But, you know, so there, I suppose there is that other angle of love again, but it, that that lead up, oh, that's so hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely is. I, I, get, I get that. I get that. Why that would be the bit that you you don't want to see, but it has to be there. Is there anything that doesn't work? I, I, this is one of the few films that I'm going to say. I think it all works. Yeah, I think mean, the only the only relationship, which is probably one of the best ones as well, Martin Freeman. Um, and Stacy from Gavin and Stacy. Yeah, I, I do know her real name, but I can't remember her name now. That's the only story that I've, I sort of was thinking about this today. And I think if you took that story out, it wouldn't impact the film. No, it probably wouldn't, would it? But I still want it in there. So yeah. it, for me, it's okay. So it doesn't work, but it's almost like a it's here for the sake of being here type yeah. of thing. Yeah, it, it's it's really funny when it's when they're on screen and they're doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, and as you say, their relationship there's there's never going to be any surprise. There's nothing to be awkward, can it? So, yeah, no, it, it's worthwhile having from that point of view, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the comedy factor definitely it works. Um, and I do I like I love the fact that while they're doing what they're doing, it, it's just um, they're just having general conversations like, oh, the M twenty five was packed today, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautifully done. So, do you think it's it's aged well? I mean, it was two thousand and three, so it's what nearly twenty years old now. Has it aged all right? Is there anything in it that kind of, from an aging point of view, with the politically correct world we live in now and the different things that doesn't work? That you know, you kind of think, ah, do you know what? That's dodgy to say that type of thing now. No, I don't think it does. I mean, Colin getting over to the states just for American <laughs> women is probably yeah. a bit a bit close nowadays, but Possibly, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say it's gone over the mark. I think it's actually aged quite well. Um, I don't ever watch it thinking, this will never be made again. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Change things. Yeah, exactly that. They did a, a sequel, a kind of sequel for Red Nose Day back in 2017. Did, did you see that sequel? Did you I, think anything I of it? I didn't see a sequel. Did you um, never see it? <laughs> No, no, I, I saw it. Um, oh, you saw it. It's not a sequel, though. It, it's not a sequel. Not a no, chance. Not. You're right. I know. I think, 
I did watch it. I enjoyed it, and it, it, but it was, it was, it. It's fantastic. Like I couldn't wait to see it, but it captured, it captured what love actually is, and that. But it also captured what Red Nose Way um, Day was. So if you watch it back, it's, it's basically love actually taking the mick out of herself a little bit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I quite like that. Um, yeah. like they revisited the cue cards in it, and you know, it was just. Yeah, every, every scene was revisited and every character was revisited. Lovely. Um, but it was almost taking the mick out of itself, which yeah. I'm quite glad it was that rather than them trying to be a sequel. Yeah. Would you have wanted a sequel to it? Does it? Is it a film that could have had a sequel? I don't think it... To see, when I was reading the notes for this, I, I, yeah. I, I was racking my brains and I don't think there could be a sequel to this film. I don't think I'd want one. Hmm. Because there's so many films out there that are ruined by a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, as we said before, they, they, they do tie up all the loose ends. Everyone's happy in their relationships. Everything's backed as it should be. So to do a sequel, you then got to put trouble in there again, or you've got to introduce new characters and new situations yeah. or whatever else. I guess you could... Or, or World War Three between the UK and America. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Because well, you... Hugh Grant stood up to the president. Yeah, or you do the other way and go, well, it's Love Actually 2, and you do a different set of nine stories or nine relationships getting together in a completely different way, and you've got a, a different I, I could see it. that. Yeah. I could I could definitely see that. That that could be something that could be explored, but I, that, that for me is, was Love Actually so perfect that you couldn't replicate that? Um, yeah. That, that's, how, that's how I feel about that. See, I was, I was going to get on to, to remakes because I usually do get on remakes at this point because I think Hollywood are terrible for remakes and we will absolutely yeah. remake absolutely anything at the moment. Um, is this one that you think that could end up getting like a Hollywood treatment and become an American version of Love Actually? Or I, you, anything You're like so that? right. Yeah, you're so <laughs> right. I, it would be... I can't see it ever happening in Britain again. No. No, I don't think I think good. people... I think people would look at it and go, this is so bang on, we don't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see the Americans making a, a, a version of it. Yeah. Um, whether it ha- I mean, it hasn't happened yet. And what are we like? Was it 20 years ago now? Well, yeah. It must be maybe 20 years to the day. Yeah, well, yeah, but it was definitely, it was 2003 it came out. So it's got to be pretty close to 20 years to the day, hasn't it? Or it's, maybe it's past yeah. already. I don't know when it was actually released in the UK, but yeah. it's got to be it's so, this yeah, year's I, anniversary. So. I think, yeah, I, I could definitely see an American remake and yeah. they'd destroy it. <laughs> so um, if there were going to be an American have... remake and, and you on. could cast it, so you can cast the American remake, who would you put in the major roles? Oh, you can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, I can. I just have. <laughs> oh, no. So, right. Hugh Grant would have to be Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> right, yeah. Like just, cause I just purely on the basis that I want to see the president go, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, I'd love to see... Oh, this is so tough. John Mulaney, a stand-up comedian who I absolutely love. I'd love to see him in the role of Martin Freeman because he's such a clean-cut American yep. that it would just be so funny to watch him in that situation. So he's um, kind of the, the American version of Martin Freeman, is he? 
Yeah, yeah, he yeah he is, but he's just like yeah, he's he's a very interesting guy. He's he's a very good actor as well, to be fair. Yep. Um, I'd, another comedian I'd put in there, I'd put Bill Burr to play Bill Nighy, right? His character, yeah. yeah. Um, just because it'd stick a few Fs in, and <laughs> it, it, but it would be the same character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from then on, I'm, I'm so uh, Brian Goslin maybe as Andrew Lincoln. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah that, that might work. Yeah, yeah. But I've, it's, yeah. It's tough. where would Brad Pitt sneak in? Because Brad Pitt would sneaks into every film. So yeah, you'd have to sneak him in somewhere. Not sure where. Yeah, maybe he could be Colin. He, yeah, he could be, yeah. Could you imagine Brad Pitt as Colin? Yeah. Slightly <laughs> aged, with a beard now as well. <laughs> going over to England to see the, the English girls, because that's how he's going to yeah. make it. <laughs> going to be yeah. it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just just turns up outside a kebab shop, and it's yeah. uh, uh, brilliant, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, that, that might work, actually, I like that. And obviously, he'd rock into a Weatherspoons, wouldn't he? Yeah. That's, that's the equivalent, a Weatherspoons yeah. in Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could have Hugh Grant appear as the British Prime Minister as well. So the, in the Billy Bob Thornton role, just as a, oh, a link to it. That's, that's just blowing my mind. If you had Billy Bob Thornton and Hugh Grant play opposite roles, but oh, mind blowing. Maybe that's what we need to do. Yeah. Do love actually, but in America and have Hugh Grant as being the Billy Bob role and then it would work nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fab. I now want to see that film, but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do as well. <laughs> so it, it answers your question, yes, there could be a remake. <laughs> Only if it's an American version. <laughs> yeah. See, probably what would happen now is Netflix would take it and it would be a 15-part series. Um, <laughs> yeah. Released yeah. weekly. Yeah. F- 15 hours of love, actually. Yeah. But that might not be a bad thing. I don't know. I was going to ask about it being a Christmas film and stuff, but it is. It's a Christmas film, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%, because that's the whole magic of it. I mean, the whole, the song that he's, that Bill Nye's character is recording, the Christmas all round thing, it, it, that's absolutely where it is. And I was going to ask you about whether it was a sit down and watch Christmas, but you've said you watch about three times a year and it is your Christmas Eve movie. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you, are you happy to watch this at, at any time? You know, if, if it was just yeah. on, if it's on I'm watching it like I, I genuinely I can't stress how much I do enjoy the film like and it's not even about it being a Christmas film it's not even about it being you know love actually it's not about who's in it or anything like that I just think it's it also it, it kind of like no matter how rubbish it sort of restores some faith in like humanity a little bit yeah I get that I get that but, and because going back to the point earlier of it being like every everyday people, yeah, with the exception of the prime minister, obviously, <laughs> um, you kind of just like yeah, it's just like I don't know, it's just that happiness, that that warm fuzzy feeling that it brings you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely, I do get it. It's it is it's one of those films that just gives you. A warm glow inside, and maybe that's quite a nice thing to get near Christmas when it's cold and wet and rainy outside. So it's nice to yeah, get inside, I suppose, isn't it? And it's funny. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, it's probably one of the best comedies written. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can yeah. go with that. Richard Curtis is, is a very good comedy writer, it has to be said. Yeah. 
He's yeah, done definitely. some amazing work. So yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the film? Anything we've missed? Anything you want to talk about that I've kind of skipped over? No, I don't think there is. I just think like if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Simple as that. Like, and then come and thank me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I if, anyone, if anyone hasn't seen it at this point, yeah, you you need to go out and you need to find this film and watch it. But as we've just said, it's not actually available anywhere at the moment, which is a shame. I'm sure it's available somewhere. If not, you can probably pick it up in a bargain basement DVD counter for about 50p because it's been out yeah, for 20 years. That's the most depressing thing about it, isn't it? It's like a quid of <laughs> film now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's around somewhere for that type of price. So, yeah. Okay, this bit, I don't know. I think it's quite difficult, but so many guests now have done it and just gone, yeah, I can do that and just knocked it out of the park. Can you sell the film in about 30 seconds? Oh, um, <laughs> Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Chris Marshall, Andrew Lincoln... What more do you want from a Christmas film? Love actually is one of the best Christmas films ever made. Go and watch it. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and it's just simply incredible. That's that's the ball. That's I think that's sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that sounds reasonable to me. I think that works perfectly. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think of more to say. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> that's why I give you the notes so you could prepare, but don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, mate, I can't honestly with that sort of stuff. I'm just like, I can't sell myself, let alone that somebody else's film. No, no, it, it's fine. Um, I've had everything on this from people waffling on for an extra five minutes about it to um, three words. It's like, that's it. Those three words, <laughs> that, that's the film. Okay, fair enough. Thanks very much for that. Thanks for coming on. It's been lovely to meet you. It's been a really good chat. I think you've sold me a little bit more on Love Actually than I probably was. Maybe I was already sold on it and just was trying to hide it being a macho man and going, do you know what? Yeah. Actually, it's, a, it's a girl's film. It's a, it's a rom-com. I don't care. But I think you're probably right. It is a really, really funny film. Um, and maybe I'll put it on just before Christmas again and, and let the family sit down for a nice warm hug and watch Love Actually. Yeah. I love the thought that me and you are both going to be watching Love Actually at Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm going to go back to this and just be like, oh, Gav's somewhere watching this now. <laughs> I'll send you a message going, look, I am watching it. <laughs> we'll have a Christmas Eve conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you forgot to mention this bit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And hey, out there, if anyone thinks of something that I should have mentioned or that Louis should have mentioned, please let us know. Get in touch with us email or on the social medias, we don't mind. Talking social medias, just remind us again, where can we find you out there in the big wide world? Yeah, go on uh, Louis Green Comedy on all, all platforms. Uh, you'll find me. I post where I'm gigging uh, regularly. Come and watch me. Um, and I'm taking a run at Edinburgh in August 2024. So if you fancy coming and watching my Edinburgh show, then come along. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'm sure plenty of time for people to get there from Christmas 23 to August 24th. They've got loads of time to buy. walk there, mate. Absolutely. Walk there, yeah, I could definitely from Leeds be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Bit further from Suffolk, but you'll still get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight, eight hour drive from Suffolk, just to put it out there. I'll keep there looking at it every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> eight hours is a long time, isn't it? But there you go. Thank you very much for coming on, Louis. It has been lovely to meet you, like you say, and a pleasure talking about this film. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, Akins. Here's an important message from your Uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and they give you them for free. And I do believe uh, it's a commercial break. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. 
And that's it for the podcast for 2023. That's the end of our Christmas episode. Going to take a short break over the Christmas holidays just to let things settle down. You don't need my podcast coming out to you on Christmas Day or Boxing Day or New Year's Day or anything like that. We will be back in 2024. Until then, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and I will be here on this podcast feed again in 2024. Bye-bye for now.